the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Good morning. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Money, investing, and more. When I say welcome back in, I just did a secret super show that maybe you tuned in a little too late and you missed. Okay, I didn't really do a show. Dow's up 26. NASDAQ's down 9. S&P 500's down 4. Debate is exposing tensions as Republican primary race is starting to be reshaped. Big, big, big debate last night. I'm going to actually, I pulled some quotes from it. Not many, trust me. I'm not going that far deep into it. There was a quote from Santorum about giving tax breaks of 0% taxes to companies that manufacture inside the United States. Stories along those lines that, you know, I think ask the question of, you know, good idea, bad idea. But Mitt Romney saw his rationale. As the Republican presidential front runner undercut as Newt Gingrich's rise was threatened by allegations from an ex-wife, and Rick Santorum fought them both. That showed a lot of tension. U.S. home sales this morning rise 5% to 4.61 million pace in December. We'll talk about that this morning. Google's price drop prompts Page's first miss as CEO. Remember they had that... uh. Big corporate guy from Novell come in and uh, run the show, Dr. Eric Schmidt. That's funny that I say he's from Novell because originally he was from Sun Microsystems, and then he went to Novell, and then he went to Google. But he's one of those CEOs that everywhere he's gone, he's made shareholders money. So I would pay attention to him. So Google's Larry Page delivered his first disappointing quarterly result as CEO after his push into mobile advertising and weakness in Europe trimmed growth in revenue from online advertising. This year, we're going to spend more money on online advertising than print advertising. First time ever. Page, CEO since April, is exiting poorly performing businesses while expanding in new areas, including the mobile web, to lessen reliance on traditional search. So we'll talk. Buying opportunity, good idea, bad idea. What do you think? Some other big stories that are out there this morning. GE, they had a quarter that was disappointing. Part of the disappointment was that they were very conservative on their financials. So on one hand, the headlines look, uh-oh, that's not the best numbers that it could be. But internally, what they did was very, very smart. So for instance, let's say this year I earn a million dollars, but I've got $500,000 in debt, 
and five hundred thousand dollars in collectibles that uh, I may or may not get because the people I've you know sold the the, the product to they they're they're just not paying on time. With that million dollars profit, I could now pay off debt and I can now set aside money in case there's future losses. So I could suddenly have earned nothing even though I really earned a million. And that's kind of the story with GE. So there was some bad news on the headline, but internally, Wall Street tends to like what we saw out of General Electric. Let's see, what are the other huge stories that we have to hit? You know, several widely held names posted upside earnings. We'll talk about that. Intel last night, stunning. Existing home sales make up only a dose of data on the agenda today. We're going to hit a lot. Blue chips, GE, down 17 cents. American Express, down 90 cents. IBM up five. Buckaroo is 186, hitting an all-time high. Microsoft up 86 cents, sitting at $29. Intel up 17 cents, sitting at 25.80. All three of them posting upside earning surprises for the latest quarter. Google's down 50 bucks, sitting at $590 a share. So, you know, going through the ideas in our head, tech sector seems to be beating expectations, minus Google. In Europe today, there's talks about Greece with private creditors over the details of a haircut on some of its bonds. What will they agree to? What will they not in order to get more aid from the European Union and the IMF, the International Monetary Fund? General Motors has reclaimed the top spot as the world's biggest car maker. Dethroning Toyota for the first time since 2007. Billionaire investor Warren Buffett raised a stake in the UK retailer called Tesco after the company, which is the third largest retailer in the world, warned on profits last week. So he saw a miss as an opportunity. In some other news, a German court ruled against Samsung in a patent battle against Apple. You know, honestly, it's really brutal for me to, to say this. Sometimes these patent battles are, are distracting, and they're one week it looks like Google, one week it looks like Apple, one week it looks like Google. Don't get too caught up in it. If you want to, feel free. But I'm telling you, I think you're going to regret it if you do. So, Rob Black and your money, five days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on AM 1220 KDOW. I don't want you to be shy. With yesterday's gain in the SP 500, we're up 9.1% in the last calendar, not calendar month, but the last four weeks. That's not bad, huh? We're on pace if we keep that up to be what? Up 108% over the next 11 months? It's not going to happen. So, options expiration day. The race is on to assign as much meaning as possible to any drop in the stock market. The race is on to assign as little meaning as possible to any upside because there hasn't been a lot of volatility. Preliminary report this morning on manufacturing activity in China has spun both good and bad. Good because uh, the PMI, the manufacturing inflation, ticked up just a skosh. January marked the third straight month that manufacturing readings become below 50, so it's showing a contraction. The dollar's up today. The dollar uh, euro's down again, tied mostly to uh, Greece. 
keep in mind, I will say it. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Greece is not important. Greece is the size of Dallas, Texas, as far as an economy goes. It can trigger other credit events, but the loss itself, not material. So Google, their uh, revenue up 25%. I thought I'd throw that out there. Income up 18%. And it's being lauded as a miss because it did miss expectations. But those are still pretty damn good numbers. If you're an investor, if I were to tell you your revenue is going to go up 25% at the radio, like general manager Mike Shields, revenue is going to go up 25% year over year. You'd be like, I love it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Rob, for your hard work and efforts. And here, I'm going to give you a, a golden penny because, damn it, man, you do good work. And Mike, your income is going to be up 18%. Woo! That's that kind of exciting. That's good news. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> the market sometimes sees what it wants to see, and when it's not sure what it's seeing, it takes a default position to be on, on the protective side. So we're trending higher right now. It's nice to see. I do have a seminar coming up not too long from today. A couple Thursdays from now, I need to get some people signed up because it's starting to fill up, but very, very slowly. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's too early in the year. Maybe people are focused on other things, but it's Thursday, February 2. I'll let you know next week on the status of it from 6 to 9, Pleasanton 4 Points Sheraton, Pleasanton 4 Points Sheraton. It's going to be a, a wealth preservation retirement planning. So it's going to be people who've got some money. Um, it's an evening event, uh, wine and cheese served. Uh, wealth preservation, retirement planning issues, trust and state, all questions answered. I'll go over my portfolio. I'll go over my holdings. I'll go over the ideas on why I bought what I bought. It's earnings season, so this should be a pretty good drama event. You can sign up at chadburton.com, chadburton.com, or robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find me on the internet, Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube channel, Rob Black Show, AM 1220, KDOW. AM 1220. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. We got the Dow up 41, the Nasdaq's down 6, the S&P 500 down 3. We do have, believe it or not, a very odd concept to talk about. One year from today, someone will be sworn in as President of the United States. I'm not sure who it's going to be. You're not sure who it's going to be. With that said, uh, I think uh, it's going to be a fun election year, to say the least. And by that, I mean it's going to be some headlines. Uh, it's going to be a lot of you lied. So it's your, your, your party that got us into this. I'm just trying to clean it up. Oh, my, right? 
kind of where we are right now. Let's talk about some of the big stories that are out there today. Some of the investment ideas. It is earnings season. It is week one of earnings season. With that out there, you know, it's, it can be kind of dramatic. We still continue to get economic data. Yesterday, the first-time unemployment claims were pretty positive. Positive meaning constructive. U.S. home sales rise 5% to 4.6 million pace in December. That's nice to see. It won't get us out of our problem in housing anytime soon. Sales of previously owned U.S. homes rose for a third month in December to the highest level since January 2011. A sign that the housing market ended last year without, with momentum. Historically low mortgage rates and a pickup in employment may be giving the Americans confidence to move from their rental or to move from mom and dad or to move from living with your sister into your own home. So we're starting to see some improvement in leading housing indicators. Now, at the same time, there's a wave of foreclosures that's going to inhibit any sort of fast recovery. A recovery in the economy, then consumers have to register improving economic conditions. Then they start going out looking for new homes. Existing home sales are tabulated when a contract closes. Number of homes previously on the market dropped from 9.2% to about 2.38 million. Right now, if we were to sell every single home on the market and we were to match up the current number of of recent buyers, it would take about 6.2 months to sell those houses. That's down from 7.2 months at the end of November. That is starting to get more constructive. If the street you live on, if a house of a for sale sign goes on it and it's gone in two weeks, that's pretty indicative that there's high demand for it. The average home right now takes about 6.2 months from the time you put it up for sale to the time it closes. So keep in mind that the the worst of the real estate crisis that we're in, it would take almost 12 months. It was 11 months that I saw of inventory. Can you imagine needing to sell your house and you put it up for sale? One month, nothing, you pay the mortgage. Two months, nothing, you pay the mortgage. Three months, nothing, you pay the mortgage. And you finally get like, honey, we bet we should lower our price because we just spent, you know, $10,000 not living there. Median price of a previously owned home in the United States declined 2.5% to 164000 Purchases rose in all four regions. So it's nice to see. One month, lovely. Momentum at the end of the year, lovely. Do we keep it going forward? A lot of that's going to tie towards, does Europe hit a recession, don't they? You know, recently this week, at the start of the week, Lennar came out and said, you know, we're cautiously optimistic that we've seen a real bottom. Now, keep in mind that executives at Home Builders, they've got an interest in saying, it's a bottom, go buy now. So sometimes they're not exactly trustworthy on what they're trying to tell us. Super Bowl's right around the corner. We got the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. For the record, I met a woman last night. I was speaking at a 
preschool. I know you're saying that's surreal, Rob. You spoke at a preschool. Like, do three-year-olds really need financial advice? They do. And they're actually all pretty smart kids. It was the kids' school, the kids' school in um, San Mateo. And uh, what's awesome about this is they've got an awesome curriculum. They've got awesome teachers. They're wise enough to say, hey, Rob, can you come talk to parents about some of the things parents might need to know about money? Uh, but one of the teachers I was talking to, and she's technically not a teacher. She's a helper. But she goes, I'm a Los Angeles Rams fan. I'm like, who? it's cute. It's cute to think that Orton Anaheim Rams. What were they? Long time? LA Rams. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's cute that there's still people out there that are, are loyal to the that kind of idea in your head, but not me. So the Monday following the Super Bowl, it should be a, a national holiday. It's something I'm going to campaign for when I run for president of a homeowners association. <laughs> About 6% of the population take matters in their own hands and actually don't go to work the Monday after the Super Bowl. Fewer events are more American, create as much fanfare, attract as much interest from celebrities, politicians, and average Americans in the Super Bowl. I think we could drop Columbus Day and replace it with Super Bowl Monday. Right? Am I crazy? Being a sports fan, but looking at it through the lens of a serial marketer, I describe it as media and market bonanza, palooza. NBC has sold out all of its Super Bowl ad inventory by Labor Day of last year. It's a big help to our economy. Advertisers pony up $3.5 million for 30 seconds of ad time. You get audience plus live sports equals appointment TV. You know, the DVR is rampant. People watch television differently today. But the Super Bowl is still a live rabbit event. There's hype over the best commercials. It's typically the best commercials of the year, right, that we see later in the year. Rarely during the year do we go, oh, it's summertime. Oh, it's Darth Vader starting up a VW. Awesome. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a three-year-old child. And the parents are just tricking him with a wireless key. Now, that was a Super Bowl one. So it's kind of fun to see. It's a tug at your heart, right? Some of the commercials are that kind of good. But most of them are going after the funny approach. 80% of the commercials during the Super Bowl are trying to be funny. Now, they don't always end up being funny. But some of them end up being crazy iconic. You know, the Apple 1984 ad played once on national television. The Coke's Mean Joe Green, 1979. Google's Parisian Love, 2010. Was indelibly emotional. I know you're saying, good use of the word indelibly. <laughs> I'll be here all day. Ugh. It's Friday. It's AM 1220. I'm Rob Black. Seminar coming up two Thursdays from now. You can learn more about it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Call Rob Black now, 800 
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome into Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I mentioned that I talked to a preschool last night. I tend not to do too many events like that because, quite honestly, I work a lot. But I did enjoy it, and it is so great to see what Californians, how how much we do care about our kids, that we actually send them to pre-preschool. And I, I think that's great. You know, I'm, I'm all for that. A couple of things that I was going over with this group was, you know, just some simple things, making a budget, having goals, having an emergency fund, some of the basics. I gave away a copy of my books. Uh, if anyone wants a PDF copy of my book, uh, I'll send you an email with it inside it. You can print out the chapters as you want them. But send me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. One of the things that, um, you know, after you talk about, you know, goals and investing in insurance and why, for instance, the most important insurance for me is disability insurance. Once you get a wife who needs your income or a husband who needs your income, term life insurance. Once you own a home, homeowners, you insure what you can't afford to lose. I've never met a case where someone under the age of 55 needed whole life insurance or variable insurance. So just stop doing it. There's some basic principles of, of how, to, how to do investing. And I thought I'd go over a couple of them here because uh, it's fresh on my, my, my head, so to speak. Time and a healthy savings rate will salve almost any investment wound. So time and a savings rate, healthy savings rate, how much you put in away and how much you get in return. Historically, stocks have beaten bonds and bonds have beaten real estate. Now, I can see people cringe when you talk about real estate in California. California real estate is in a 20-year slump. And I know you're saying, what the hell are you talking about? We're back down to 2002 levels. Okay, so that's 10 years, right? Because we're now at 2012. But when you factor in that we lost all of that, and keep in mind, back in 1989, we had an earthquake that took down home values for seven years until they got back to where they were in the Bay Area. When you factor in the weaker dollar, when you factor in the cost of money, when you factor in inflation that's been real and present for all 20 of those years, averaging 3% a year, real estate is in a massive slump as far as the return that you got. Now, do I like real estate? I do. Do I like the home that I live in? Yes. Do I like the fact that I'm paying myself rent? Yes. Do I like the tax deductions? Yes. But is it a good investment? No. The cash itself is just, it's getting sapped and zapped. The property valuation, it doesn't have to go down in price tag to go down in in value. Number two, your two top financial priorities should be maxing out your 401k, your 403, your 457, and paying off your credit cards. If you do nothing but those two things, you're going to be better off than most Americans. Period. Your employer stock, this is number three, is the riskiest stock. Because they already pay your house. No, no, your paycheck pays for your health. Your health. When I do have a stroke, I'm coming on the air. Because I'm going to show you what stroke Rob sounds like versus early morning Rob sounds like. 
So y- your paycheck goes to cover your health insurance, your life insurance. P- typically, your your paycheck is going to cover your car payments. Like, so if you work at Intel and you already Intel becomes the riskiest stock in the world. But to the outsider, I own shares of Intel. By the way, I needed to legally say that I bought it last year. Uh, number five on this list. If you need your money back within a few months, it's foolish to own stocks. If you don't need your cash for 10 to 20 years, it's foolish not to own stocks. So you only invest with money that you don't need for a long time. Six on this list is investors can't collectively beat the market because collectively they are the market. In fact, after investment cost, investors as a group are destined to lag the market. Typically, number seven is a fun one for me. If asked for a market forecast, your best bet is to express cautious optimism because stocks rise seven out of 10 years. So you're going to be right more often than wrong. The odds that the stock market moves higher are so great. Like the odds of you eating fast food today, 50-50. There's a better odds that you're going to do good in the stock market. Have an up year. If you hear a stock touted on television or read about it in the newspaper or the internet, that news is already reflected in the stock. A tumbling stock market is upsetting, but it doesn't have any impact on you until you have to sell. I've lived through three major market crashes and I'm okay. Now, I keep in mind, I live in a one-story building so that, you know, every time I do jump out the window, it's, it's not all that damn dramatic. Ah! Oh, that was counter-dramatic. So, I actually like to say a tumbling stock market to me is glorious. There is nothing better for me than to buy during a down market. Now, remember how I told you last year my, my 401k maxed out like in August? And when the markets were down in September, October, November, December, I wish I had spread out my payments more evenly. I front-loaded them. I don't know why. Just lazy. So then the market rallies in the last month, and now my 401k is fresh again to invest, and damn it, damn it I didn't get a 10, 20% discount. Long-run inflation is a far greater threat than short-term market gyrations. I agree with that statement. If you typically don't fully understand an investment, don't buy it. So for most of us, the only investment we could buy is probably Anheuser-Busch. Because <laughs> we all understand that one. Or McDonald's. Or Nike. And do you know how those stocks have done over time? They've, they've crushed the stock market. And yet, those are also stocks that we understand. And those are yet stocks we don't want to buy because, well... It's McDonald's. And for the record, I think McDonald's has some sort of super secret military technology that calls out to children. I'm not sure if you've ever noticed, but for some reason, parents are like, I'm not taking my kids to McDonald's ever, never. I'm never taking my kids to McDonald's. And the next thing you know, our kids are just big fat Oompa Loompas eating at McDonald's. You know, you can tell that your kids are uh, Oompa Loompa. You know, I, I get tired of the parents who are like, my kid's an honor roll student. Your kid's a fat honor roll student is what it should say on the bumper sticker. Your kid breaks his leg and out comes gravy. There's a problem. So you can tell your kid's a fat kid. For those parents who are in denial, I'm going to teach you a little trick. There's two of them. 
He'll have him stand in front of a mirror and jump. If after 30 seconds, parts of his body are still moving, he's obese. And number two on the trick to find out if your kid's obese or not is um, there's close. I say husky. Husky. Because husky is a, it's bigger than extra large. So back to my list. Um, focus on how much your portfolio makes each year after making allowance for investment cost, inflations, and taxes. Okay, now, that's tough for me to throw out there. But again, if I bought Apple and it goes up 25%, so I bought it, let's say, $100 and it goes up to 200 and I sell it. But I have to pay taxes on it. You know, I'm going to lose... 15 to 30 bucks in the capital gains tax. So my return, not 100%, now it's 85%. Now, again, short-term taxes, long-term tax, capital gains, they're all going to change from time to time. And that's one of the things our government could do to really help America right now is to get the hell out of changing the tax law every year. Get out of that business. Give us some predictability. Give us some consistency. You know, if 10 years ago, if you sold a stock in under a year, like, bam, you got paid a higher tax. At the shopping mall, price bears some relationship to quality. On Wall Street, paying a lot for an investment, it's usually a sign of mediocre returns. So, for instance, there's a company called the American Funds, and they're great funds if you own them and if you don't pay the front-end load. The front-end load could be 5.75%. And with that load, you can't make money because you just paid almost $6 out of every 100 that you invested. So you may go, I like paying a lot of money for this mutual fund, but you're not going to do well. It's a bad idea. Over the long term, a mediocre stock fund is going to outperform a brilliant bond or money fund manager. That's a phrase worth replaying and hearing again. If you want to hear a replay of the show, go to kdow.biz. Get a podcast of the show. Or you can also get it at Apple iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money. Short-term bonds give you almost as much yield as a long-term bond. So buy a short-term bond. When picking amongst bond and money market funds, your key criterion should be cost. If you stick with no-load funds with low annual expenses, you almost always do better than incomparable funds with higher cost. Avoid social pressures to buy. Keep up with the Joneses. Got a seminar coming up right around the corner on wealth preservation, retirement planning in Pleasanton. Not this Thursday, but the following Thursday. Sign up at robblack.com. AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So ratings are down for American Idol, about 18%, as America's finally caught on that it is a karaoke show. Don't hate me because I'm right. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. 
Oh, the things we could talk about. I got a lot going on. Um, hopefully you do too. I'm dead sexy. I know. It goes without saying, though, I think. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. Saw a headline this morning. Mom arrested over her 10-year-old's tattoo. I, I kind of agree with that. But then again, you know, some cultures probably start tattoos earlier than American cultures do. New normal on Wall Street, smaller and restrained. Occupy Wall Street. They're starting to court, you know, more movements. Um, what else do we have to know? GE down 2%. Google's down 7%. I think those are pretty big headlines. Southwest is flying higher. Do you want me to sing a little On the Wings of Love? There's no chance I'm going to sing On the Wings of Love. You get enough um, yeast poop in me, maybe I'll do it. But I'm not doing it. I know you're saying yeast poop. Alcohol. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. So Schlumber's A up 1% today. The oil service company announced that they expect to see growth in 2012. Wall Street likes visibility. Southwest, I already mentioned this, they're flying higher. On the wings of love. So the company reported a profit of $152 million compared with last year's $131 million. Now, here's the problem that I have with Southwest. Can you figure out what it's going to be before I actually say it? It's the Jerry Maguire show me the money. It's an industry that goes boom and bust, boom and bust, boom and bust. So you can try to trade it. But it is a brutal industry to invest in. When you take a look at the bankruptcies, you go, well, maybe they'll be like the car companies and eventually get their their act together. Keep in mind, the car companies are still manufacturing companies, and I can't get into that. I don't buy that story. I don't buy that jive. I'm just not into manufacturers. Manufacturers' profit margins, like, just people are competitive. In the end... And this is why I don't think home prices roar like they did, hopefully, anytime soon. You know, would it be great for some people to get out of their house? Yeah, but that would imply that some people are buying your house at a sucker price. So Southwest, since 1995, has done nothing. It's basically gone higher and lower and higher and lower. Its dividend is two cents per share. Dividend's not enough. It, it just hasn't created enough wealth for me to be interested in. Now, since it came public in 1980 at $0.46, cents, it has gone to $9.40. And yeah, that's an amazing total return, right? But it hasn't done anything in 12 years. Nothing. And with Southwest, you get probably the best of the best in a lot of people's mind. They're usually profitable. Most people like them in their brand. Most people are pretty loyal to them. No, that's not true. The moment JetBlue says, we'll fly your butt to New York for 230 bucks," I'm like, ooh, sweet. I love JetBlue. 
or Virgin Air, which if you've never flown Virgin Air, it's probably the cheapest flight to L.A. if you have to go to L.A., and i got to go out to L.A. soon. Um, plus, they've got just an amazing selection of cocktails and amazing selections of videos and amazing, like, they really do fly in pretty. And then they're light. Their cabin's kind of like this light purple, which I like. I don't know. if Maybe I'm just a sucker. But that kind of stuff works for me. So Southwest Airlines, one of the things that they do did well in their business plan was that they, they bought a lot of 737s. They didn't want to get too far ahead of themselves. They wanted to train their union. They wanted to train their employees to do one type of plane well. You could sit anywhere you like as long as you get there first. And they've stuck with that. You know, low cost, no frills, no reserved seats, 70 cities, 35 states. The carrier had enjoyed 38 straight profitable years amidst the industry's ups and downs. Can't, can't knock that record, can you? When you throw in 9-11 in there in that year of travel... They've got about 550 aircraft. They did buy Airtran back in 2011 for about $3.2 billion. Airtran, if I'm correct, was once a company called Air Florida. And Howard Stern had a, a bad day when you might remember an Air Florida plane hit the 14th Street Bridge and went into the Potomac River. The following Monday, and that was I remember that day because I was in eighth grade. And school got canceled. We got to school, and then they canceled school. It was that much snow. It was coming down in buckets. And that following Monday, Howard Stern calls up. He worked for a radio station called DC 101. He called up Air Florida, and he said, can I book a one-way ticket to the 14th Street Bridge? And it was too soon, too close. It was in the city. It Had it been another city... You know, people lost their lives. That was that was crazy because I don't know if you remember that, but when the plane crashed, it crashed into an icy Potomac River, and people got out of their cars on a bridge and jumped in to try to save people. I hope that when the day comes that I see something like that, that I'm one of those people that jumps in. I don't know. I will be. I think seeing a plane crash would just mess your mind up, seeing something that big come down. Got a seminar coming up. Soon. Soon. Two Thursdays from now. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's in Pleasanton, robblack.com. Start your morning with AM 1220 KDOW. We'll bring you news and analysis powered by the worldwide reach of the Bloomberg Business Network. The Bay Area's business leader is AM 1220 KDOW. As a certified financial planner, I deal with taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, and investing. So any money question that listeners want to call in with, we can tackle it. Really a specialty leaning towards retirement and estate planning is going to be the angle of the show. But we'll also have some great guests, like some good economists that I know, and talk about the stories that occurred the previous week and some of the upcoming economic numbers that might affect you and and really how to set up your portfolio around that. All new Money 2.0, weekdays 6 to 7 p.m. on AM 1220. KDOW. 
KDOW, Palo Alto. Part of the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW and KDOW.biz. A service of Salem Communications. I'm Chuck Kamlick, CNBC Radio. The Dow is up 43. The Nasdaq is down 6. And the reason is housing for the Dow anyway. Existing home sales up 5% last month. Prices down to $164,500. Good news for buyers. For the year, sales nearly 2% higher. Foreclosures making up about a third of all sales. Demand for gasoline in this country now at the lowest level it's seen in 15 years. A trade group credits more fuel-efficient cars and a drop in driving because of the economy. Cooper Tire reaching a tentative deal on a new contract with its union workers in Texarkana. No details until the workers see it. Google stock down 8%. Google's profits fell short because it spent more money to bring in more advertisers. General Electric is 1% lower. GE, part owner of CNBC, says profits were hurt by weakness in Europe. And IBM, once the biggest computer seller in the world, now sells a lot of software and services. Business was up, and now the stock 3% higher today. Chuck Kamlick, CNBC. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, hour two, Rob Black and your money. AM 1220 KDOW. Markets had a huge run in the last 30 days, up 9.1%. We've started the year off with some love. What the world needs now is not another love song. Dow's up 45, NASDAQ down 8, S&P 500 down 4. Ten-year treasury is above 2%. Maybe the low mortgage rates will finally be gone forever. No, that's not going to happen. GE fourth quarter profit fell and sales missed expectations. The debate in South Carolina last night exposed some tensions. Greece and their creditors are close in on a debt cut deal. What's going to be nice about that is we're going to finally have the devil known versus the devil unknown. Wall Street likes certainty. So when a company comes out and says our earnings look within this range for the year, Wall Street tends to like you. I like you a lot. So stock futures were... You know, kind of mixed this morning, even though the earnings have been pretty solid. And it's telling you that it's, it's been a big run. We need a couple of days off. Intel, IBM, Microsoft all beat expectations last night. Google missed. General Electric, they came out with pretty good numbers internally. Externally, the headline's not so good. Warren Buffett raised his stake in UK retailer Tesco, which is kind of like a Walmart. They're the third largest retailer in the world. There was a quote last night in the debate. Cut the corporate tax to zero for companies that manufacture products in America. Rick Santorum. Now, I'm not going to say that makes me angry, because it doesn't. 
what it shows me is that politics really don't know a lot about what they're talking about. It was a ground-shaking day yesterday. Former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum was declared winner of the Iowa caucuses two weeks after his apparent second-place finish to Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney. Texas Governor Rick Perry dropped out of the race. Marianne Gingrich told the Washington Post that a day after her husband told her about his affair with Callista Bicic in May 1999, he basically asked for an open relationship. You look at Newt Gingrich and you just don't want to think of these things. Like He's got a big old head filled with helium, it looks like. Grandiosity has never been a problem with the Republican debates. So Rick Santorum talking about, and again, this just this pisses me off. It just cut the corporate tax to zero for companies that manufacture products in America. Okay, let's start a trade war with China. And let's see how that goes, Rick. On top of that, how much do we actually consume of Chinese-made goods in America? 2.7%. Now, that's on a huge economy. So, yeah, that is a lot of jobs. But try to get the average American, and again, the most area that we are exposed to Chinese manufacturing is in, in furniture. How many Americans do you think are going to take an end table that's 20 to 30% more? Because it was made in America. Some people would say that made in China helps our quality of life because we can get an end table and still afford to go out to dinner with the savings. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not here to like fight that battle. But 2.7% of U.S. consumers tied in China. And he wants to cut the corporate tax to zero for companies that manufacture products in America. And that's going to have a, rever- a reaction China would start selling American debt quickly. And who's going to... Th- and again, that's okay. They haven't been big buyers of it recently. But do we really want a trade war over something that's not terribly well thought out? How about we continue to open up the world and, and sell more of our goods internationally? Romney said something that... I thought was a hot topic. I thought maybe we could talk about it. But in reality, maybe not. He said, we've moved to an entitlement society. We need to restore the values that made our country great. It's easy for the guy who's got $100 million in his IRA to say. With that said, it is kind of an entitlement society. One of the things that I said at the teacher school last night was, I'm happy you're all teaching kids, and I, I, I hope all you parents want your kids to go to college. And I hope all you parents don't let your kids become poetry and English majors. In large part, there's not a lot of jobs there. And the competition for jobs in that, that market. I once took a playwriting class because playwriting scared the hell out of me in college. I was like, who writes plays? Like, I'd read David Mamet plays. Sam Shepard. And like some of these plays were just unbelievable. They, they changed my life. And I'd be like, that's tough. That's like talk radio, awesome play, turned into a movie. Eric Bogosian. It always intrigued me. Like, I can't do that. Like, I could write short stories. I could write novels. No problem. I wrote a novel in college. Not very good. No, no, actually, Publishers Weekly said the first half of Mr. Black's book was genius and inspired. It was about the 1930s Dust Bowl. 
and how uh, kids were getting a, a page out of the Bible and then being killed. The second half of Mr. Black's book was bitterly disappointing. The first half was do, deal, dealing in the past. The second half was dealing with the future. So Publishers Weekly, though, they said the first half was brilliant. Like, I was, like that's all I saw. So the tension built in the first half couldn't be maintained in the second half. Yeah, I remembered it. Word for word. I'm not scarred that much by it. But back to uh, Mitt Romney. Mitt. We've moved to an entitlement society. You know, one thing that we got to watch and be careful of is all we need to do is get back to 2007 spending levels from our government. We got to stop what happened in 2008, 9, and 10, 11, and now in 12. We got to get back to 2007 levels. Not, we don't have to go back to the future. We don't have to go and have Michael J. Fox on a, a, a flying skateboard. We could run. Uh, we could run some debt. We could balance our budget if we go back to 2007 spending levels. So, other stories of note. I got an email from Adam. It's a little bit on the long side, and I don't have time to hit it completely this segment, so I'll run into it next segment. Let's just say it's an awesome email. So, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. I prefer the strategy questions. The strategy questions are are much more preferred than the uh, stock questions. If you have a stock question, call the show. I love livestock questions. I get to think on my feet. I get to think on the fly. I get to give you some insight. Legally, I don't do stock questions via email because you can cut and paste and get me into some issues that I don't want to be gotten into. Rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. If you want to follow me on Facebook, it's group page I Hate Rob Black. Facebook group page I Hate Rob Black. You can follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can follow me on YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's free. So severally, several widely held names have posted some upside earnings. Google is the one bitter disappointment. So far this earnings season, as of earlier this week, we are seeing about 48% of companies meet expectations Slightly more than 48% were, were, were underperforming expectations. The euro is slipping against the dollar today. Existing home sales make up only dose of data on the agenda today. Natural gas, wow, a new session high of 237. I remember when people thought natural gas couldn't break below four. It is materially broken before below four. Home builders are unenthused today, even though there was a positive home sales number. It's been a good good 30 days. It's been a good month. Looks tired. Pleasanton Seminar coming up on Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. It's a Thursday evening, two Thursdays from now. Sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Clearly, I was a sensitive child. While other kids were listening to the Beastie Boys, I was listening to this. (laughs) 
my college roommate. He went through my music collection. He's like, no, no, definitely not. No way. Instead, we listen to Doors. Best part about college is uh, opening your mind to different types of people in your life. So I got a Facebook post from Tommy, and Tommy says, I heard you speak at LinkedIn a few months back. You were hilarious and awesome. I'm 25. I've been listening to you for about four years. You're the man. Keep in mind, I'm not the man. You're the man. Not only do I enjoy your financial advice, but you have a solid, truthful way of explaining things. No BS. Look forward to all the future shows. Keep it up. That's very, very kind. Um, But not needed. Trust me, my ego works on much grander levels than that, so you don't have to appreciate me on that level. But I did get an email from someone out of state. I'm learning there's a lot more out-of-state listeners and viewers than I thought, which is nice. You know, I'm not going to knock anyone who wants to take the time to dig what I tried to do. Um, you can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Now, we can talk stock markets if you want. Today's is, it's Friday. And there's nothing going on on Wall Street. There's nothing. It's earnings season, but we've had a big rally, so we're not going to really see anything. But for the record, doesn't the rain feel good? I like the rain. Especially the Red Rain by Peter Gabriel. Another sissy Rob Black-inspired song. I know you're saying you were feminine as a kid. I know. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Um, so I got an email from Adam. And he goes, I've been listening to you for a few years. I really enjoy your show. I'm a young guy, 30 years old, from St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> sorry about that. Um... He's a custom woodworker and upholster. I work for a small business that strictly deals with high-end clients. So he's a guy that can do stuff with his hands. Women like that. He can make things. He deals with high-end clients. He said it's kind of recession-proof, and that's good news for me. I make about 35000 a year. That's not a lot of money. Then again, in St. Louis, it is not bad. He said, my girlfriend of five years, she's hot, has her master's degree in biochemistry and has been working for a company that probably doesn't want me to mention, but it's a biotech company. She makes 50K a year. So the two of them make 85K a year. Her father's 75 years old and getting older, starting to get dementia and was alone still living in the house she grew up in. We decided to move into his home and watch over him at the same time, fix up the house. House is paid for, and it's worth about $90,000. Ain't that awesome? You know, it, it's, again, you're supposed to buy a house two and a half times your income. And in his case, 35000 70 85 90 like 35000 can afford a house in St. Louis. Um, the home is paid for worth about $90,000. It's his father's home, his father-in-law's. It's got a small line of credit that's paid directly out of his Social Security. Him and his girlfriend both have our cars and my motorcycles paid for. We have no mortgage payment and our only pay are insurance and monthly utility phone bill. With the money we were able to save on the housing market being so low in St. Louis, plus taking advantage of the fact that I'm a handyman with a shop, we're looking to buy another two-family investment property in the range of 45000 in the upcoming year. We should be able to get a combined rent of 1000 to 1200 a month for the property after we fix it up a bit. Okay, a couple things. He said, neither one of us have a 401k, but we do have a Fidelity joint account. 
I've recently taken your advice and looked at some South Korean stocks. I did not give advice to buy South Korean stocks. I said buy, consider buying a South Korean ETF exchange traded fund. Just making that sh- clear. He goes, um, also, I see Panera Bread has done really well. It's been booming. I'm a fan of Monster Beverage and Chipotle as well. Being a woodworker and doing rehab housework, I like Home Depot. As of right now, I own 25 shares of PKX. I don't think you should own individual stocks, first and foremost. Not until you're worth $100,000. It's too much work. You're a woodworker. I do this 14 hours a day, and trust me, it's a lot of work to stay on top of the stuff. We don't want to tie up too much money in an IRA because we need the cash for innovations and down payments for future rental properties. I know you don't like being a landlord, but trying not to be too one-sided. Any advice you could give would be great. Look, you don't want my advice. My advice is set up an emergency fund, then get disability insurance. You work with wood. You are one blade saw away from not being able to work with wood ever again. So make sure you get disability insurance. The fact that you and your girlfriend are commingling money and she's a girlfriend, that could end badly. She's got a master's degree and you're a blue-collar guy. I'm not saying that she's going to leave you for upper-level management. If she's half as hot as you say she is, she's got a lot of guys who make more money than you telling her how hot she is. Just keep that in mind. So be careful on mingling monies. Now, again, you may be totally in love. Okay. Now, as far as you want to – what you're saying is you don't want to save money for your retirement. You want to put all your money into a business. You want to be a landlord. You want to do some renovations. That's fine. But you're not saving money for retirement. In your case, you're 30 years old. At some point in time, you've got to start saving money for retirement. When I started my business in my 20s, I did both. Now, it didn't feel good, and at one point in time, I actually had to draw down in order to stay alive in business. I actually paid for my employees' uh, Christmas presents and rents for that first year of business because it was a tough year. Most people in their first year of business lose money, second year break even, third year make money. Um... So I have some issues with what you're trying to do. If you want to buy and rent or renovate single-family homes, understand that you're not going to be Donald Trump. Understand that if the housing slump continues or if you get any sort of bad luck, that you just throw away one of your 40 years of work. And, and your work's not easy work. I know you're, you're a qualified expert, but it's backbreaking at times, renovating a home. So if you want to do it, do it. But understand you're sacrificing saving for retirement. I'm not against you starting your own business. I think that's great. I think it's wonderful. I would never expect any of the properties to appreciate. I would want to be cash flow positive on each and every one of them. So you don't hope that it goes up because hope's for two places. Church and the football field. I hope the 49ers win this weekend. And I hope when I die, I go to heaven. I hope there is eternal life. Some people know that there is. I hope that there is. I hope that there is world peace. I hope that it doesn't belong in investments. Now, again, you're buying individual stocks that you know nothing about. Stop buying individual stocks. I've said that I like the sector of the country. I like the demographics of the country. It should be 5% of a portfolio if you're a diversified portfolio. I don't think you are. And the whole fact that you're not putting it into a 401k and you may need the money down the road, you can't buy stocks. If you're not going to hold a stock for 10 to 15 years, you can't buy stocks. Now, again, I know you're a fan of the show, and I know I didn't tell you what you wanted to hear, but that's okay. You now know one opinion. You have an opinion. Don't don't hold it in mind and just, you know, the almighty. With that said, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for the email. 
You can email me, rob at robblack.com. Seminar coming up in two Thursdays in Pleasanton. Sign up at robblack.com, AM 1220, KDOW. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. We have the Dow up 48, the NASDAQ's down 8, the S&P 500 down 4. First week of earnings season's been okay. It hasn't really been earth-shaking, which is okay. It's not much of a catalyst. We're in a GDP environment of about 2.5%. We're not going to get sexy in 2.5%. We need 3% to get sexy. Intel has named a new chief operating officer. Kodak bankruptcy may be bet on printing. Orange juice futures are at a record high. So if you want your orange juice, go get it now because it's about to become a little bit more expensive down the road. Supply concerns mounted after citrus greening disease threatened crops in Texas. And the U.S. halted imports due to a, a, a banned fungicide that's starting to show up in both Pepsi and Coca-Cola orange juices. So Texas confirmed a case of citrus greening, a disease that has caused extensive damage to crops in Florida. And the fungicide issue has pushed futures to an all-time high. They now sit at $2.10 a pound. It reminds me a little bit of Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, where they set up a bogus report on orange juice futures and, you know, it was bye, 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 bye. And then two minutes later, Eddie Murphy's like, sell, 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 sell. It's cute, right? So PepsiCo and Coca-Cola, PepsiCo makes which orange juice? Do you know? Tropicana. Coca-Cola makes Minimade. They're in uncharted waters. And with that said, citrus greening is something that they didn't need because now their their costs are going to go higher. I've always thought orange juice was kind of i got to be careful what I say here because I'm going to upset some people. Orange juice is a little overrated. That's all I'm going to say. New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers probably going to have to deal with rain at Candlestick Park when they try to reach the Super Bowl. After a storm that may leave as much as two inches of rain passes through San Francisco tonight and tomorrow, a second front's going to come through. It's going to have some heavy rain. Definitely heavy rain north of San Francisco. It's how close can it get to San Francisco? 50 degrees and rainy. I'm cool with that. I kind of like that kind of stuff. You know, the snow games. Ooh, I got to be careful. East Bay still got to be feeling pretty raw about that Foxborough game 10 plus years ago in the snow. Some of the snow football games, though, create some great drama. Remember when the um, Baltimore Colts sent out a snowplow? right before they kicked an extra point or kicked a field goal to win the game. Field's covered in snow. Field's covered in snow. And out of nowhere comes this guy on a little tractor. 
clears out a nice little spot. And, like, for some reason, the, the Dolphins didn't tackle him. They didn't complain to the officials. They didn't stop the game. They just let the guy kick, and game was over. Anyhow, I'm digressing. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Let's take a look at some of the, the breaking stories. Supreme Court is throwing out a judge-drawn Texas electoral maps. I personally don't have a big opinion on this because it takes too much energy in the brain, and I just I don't have it. As far as electoral maps go, I think we all know that congressmen try to keep their jobs. I say vote them all out. And uh, they do some funny things to do it. Singing legend Etta James, dead at age 73. This just in, we found out that Mitt Romney is not one of Disney's last creations. He is not a robot. I was a little saddened to see Sarah Burke die. The skier. I'm not... When I ski, I'm kind of like a big bear. I always fear that rangers at the bottom of the mountain are going to shoot me because I'm definitely going too slow to be a skier. And I bundle up and I'm a, I'm a puffy big guy. So I, th- I think I look like a bear coming down the mountain, like I'm going to come eat the people. So I always get sad when I see Olympic athletes. I mean, she's an Olympic athlete. 29 years old. Beautiful, strong, intelligent, half-pipe skier. Blazed a path. So got into an accident a few weeks back and brain swelled and rest in peace, Sarah Burke. It's wonderful when you see people have so much passion and accomplishing so much. As women in sports, tip of the hat. Tip of the hat. Other big stories out there today that we're paying attention to. Hmm. Walmart appoints most senior female employee. France threatens to pull out of Afghanistan. (laughs) I love France. Oh, golly. Um, Tax forms for minivan. Let's see. I'm trying to find if there's anything. There's no breaking news. A Greek deal has not been met. Google's price drop prompts pages first miss. That's okay. Penn State, their board of directors right now, are trying to shift the blame over to its handling of sex abuse scandal to the school's former president. That's probably a good idea. Can you imagine graduating with a Penn State degree right now? It's not a good time to have a Penn State degree. Is it? Um, Zynga, preparing to seize its billion-dollar online gambling opportunity. A lot of companies come public in order to pay back the people that worked there with blood, sweat, and tears, in order to pay back investors who fronted them some money. Zynga is looking to expand its games now that they're publicly traded. How do they continue to grow revenue? They want to do some online gambling. Online gambling represents at least a billion-dollar opportunity for the social gaming company. Some recent changes in laws could open the door for online gambling games on platforms like Facebook, which represents a golden opportunity for the now public social gaming company. A slot machine company, you know, could create a a Facebook app that makes a virtual casino. It's kind of, I don't, 
There's a company called International Gaming Technology, IGT. It's publicly traded. And getting into uh, one of the things that they do is they create new types of slot machines, and, and slot machines are pretty unique. And you think about them as Vegas is fine, but whatever you want to think about them. I know there's a new casino that just opened up in South San Jose. But slot machines have to be changed out all the time. And they have to tease us. And like the Wheel of Fortune, where they get progressive slots, was a way for a company like an IGT to figure out, hey, look, we can make money. We can get a percentage of this collective pot, and we can make it sexier for the casinos by seeing a bigger payout, but we'll get a percentage of it. Slot machines have to constantly be changed because our tastes are constantly changing. And there's some you know staples that are always to be there, like Wheel of Fortune. But one day the Kardashians we won't care about. But right now I would I would guess if you were to go to Vegas or Reno, you'd probably find a Kardashian in a slot machine. Sex in the City at one point in time. Why did they create a Sex in the City slot machine? No self-respecting man would watch that, would play that game. It was for chicks. Trying to get chicks under the age of 30. So Zynga said, we build games and experiences that our players want to love. Zynga Poker is the world's largest online poker game with more than 7 million people playing every day and over 30 million each month. We know that there's an interest in real money. We're in active conversations with potential partners to better understand and explore this opportunity. So Zynga, which you know is Farmville, is starting to say, look, we, we owe the public our best efforts. And one of the things we may end up doing is, is turning to gambling. I don't know how you fall on gambling, but think about this. Do you want your 12-year-old to get into your Facebook account and start gambling? How's that going to look? Like, that would not be good. This new amateur video that's showing water rushing into the doomed cruise liner, which is owned from Carnival Cruise Lines, ticker symbol CCL. That's, it's, you know what's the most amazing thing about that, that doomed cruise liner? Is it looks like a terrible, terrible disaster. And on an ecological level, it might be. On a human being level, not, it wasn't so bad. But there's some amateur video being posted on YouTube showing water rushing down a stairway of the Costa Concordia's cruise liner after it ran aground on the coast of Italy last week. When you see videos now and they pan out, you see that they're like 20 yards from the beach. Like the fact that anyone died is tragic. Tragic. But that tragedy could have been a lot worse, clearly. Hopefully people aren't... They're saying that uh, cruise bookings are down big, and this is the time of year for cruise bookings. Other big stories out there. Remember how yesterday Apple comes out with the iPad education book thing? Some teachers are coming out today and going, we're not buying iPads. You know, a private K school, K-12, through a lot of families just send their kids are pretty well off. Teachers rec- responsible for recommending technology purchases for the school. One teacher is pointing out that if the school is going to make a big tech purchase, it's just as important that students are able to create content as consuming it, i.e. writing papers as well as reading them. He already says e-textbooks are already available online for PCs, and they're just as good, if not better, than what Apple showed off yesterday. Pretty controversial stuff. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money, you can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me online, robblack.com. Find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. I do have a seminar coming up. You can learn more about it at robblack.com in Pleasanton, Four Points Sheraton. It's on wealth preservation, retirement planning. It's 
Thursday, February 2nd, so two Thursdays from now, from 6 to 9. You can sign up at robblack.com. Sign up today. Talk to you soon. We'll take a break. AM 1220, KDOW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.